Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. These two ladies, both with law enforcement backgrounds, have dedicated their lives to improving the quality of wellness for first responders. And they're coming up on the Law Enforcement Today Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from my old home state, Maryland, we have on the phone two guests. We have Kim DeFiori and Sarah Lazake. Ladies, thanks for joining us on Law Enforcement Today's show. Very much appreciated. Oh, Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. You're here to talk about an organization you have called Badges United. Both of you come from a law enforcement background, and uh, we'll get into the background of what you, why, and, and your experience. But first, let's talk about Badges United and what that does. And I'll, I'll let people know how I got introduced to you. A good friend of mine that I worked with, a sister from the Baltimore Police Department, who's now a bailiff in the courts in Maryland, said, Hey, you got to check out this woman, Kim DeFiori and Badges United. They do some awesome stuff. So you came to me from someone I worked with in the 80s and 90s in Baltimore. So I'm thrilled to have you here on the show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Tell us about Badges United. What is your organization all about and what do you do? Uh, yeah, so we help first responders with overall wellness by working with them through exercise, nutrition, and sleep education. So right now we're about, we were founded in June of this year, and then what we've been doing is we've been hosting events every other month, and we take them on uh, first responders on three-mile hikes. It's completely free for them. And then along the way, we'll make stops and we'll talk about nutrition, exercise, and sleep and just different strategies they can have on like working that shift work and also how they can enhance their uh, different nutrition goals. So if 7-Eleven is the only option they have, how do we make good nutrition decisions when we're at that convenience store? Yeah, step away from the donut and grab something that's a little bit more nutritious. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny. I just had a conversation with someone just over the week, and, and they were asking, 
why do police eat so bad? And I try to explain to them, you know, the whole the whole thing about the concept of 7-Eleven, the coffee shop, the donuts, that time was always an issue. We didn't have the luxury of time. We didn't get designated lunch breaks. We were allotted 30 minutes, but you never took it. So you'd, you'd shovel in your face as fast as you could whatever was handy. And I wanted to be hot dogs, <laughs> sausage, uh, whatever was available at the, the convenience store. And donuts quite often was what you were sticking in your face because you're just trying to get something because you were starving. Exactly. So, Our networking events uh, for that we do for recreation, we really try to have all three EMS, EMTs, firefighters, and police law enforcement all kind of build a network and camaraderie through our recreational events. Uh, we've mostly done hiking so far. Uh, we look to do um, rock climbing in the future, uh, and we're going to just continue to expand upon our recreational uh, activities that we're going to be doing every other couple months. Do you find that, that having that outlet, that recreational activity is vitally important for their mental being, well-being? Absolutely. We, we actually asked uh, first responders how they would like to learn uh, and take these wellness uh, tips and education. And they said that they did not want to be in a classroom. And so we kind of met them where they were at and said, let's get them out of the classroom. Let's get them moving um, and, and actually kind of implementing our exercise along with teaching them the nutrition and sleep education while they're exercising. Personally, I think it's great. I understand 100% why they wouldn't want to do the classroom. Uh, every year, we'd have in-service training where it's a week in a classroom and one day at the range outdoors and the classroom uh, activity, the classroom lectures just it didn't matter how good the information was. After a while, you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to die here. So I'm glad you are taking them out hiking in nature. I've always read that when it comes to overall mental well-being and physical well-being, that getting away from the job and, and doing things with other people away from police work, away from first responder work is vitally important. Has that been what you found? Uh, absolutely. So getting them out, uh, out of their uniform and away from the squad car, they just build a network of trust within that uh, new community they have. So we've had federal law enforcement show up to our events, uh, fire department from Fort Belvoir, and everyone, just a network of events. And it kind of takes that they can actually build friendships within that. And so, I mean, one of the main goals is to get that nutrition, exercise, and sleep education in a, a nice, like, comforting setting. But also we want to build that network so they have those phone, those uh, numbers in their phone. So if there is dire situations where uh, they're turning to, like, suicidal thoughts or just having panic attacks or flashbacks, they have someone to call that's outside of their department, and they just uh, – like, as I was going through my struggles, I just noticed that I didn't have that network. So we're really trying to build that network for them. And I'm assuming you're talking about uh, symptoms of, of post-traumatic stress. And one of the things that I hear all the time from so many people is a, a need and desire for the person who's afflicted to isolate and withdraw from everybody. Absolutely. And which is probably the worst thing in the world they could do. Yeah, and so introducing different recreational activities 
even just something as low key as hiking that doesn't really take any skill and has a low risk of injury gets them out of that isolation piece and it really makes sure that it takes the time so that we don't necessarily go towards um, unhealthy coping mechanisms for stress, such as, you know, a lot of the time first responders do turn to um, substance abuse and and alcohol. And so we really like to try to counter that by offering different uh, recreational activities that they can do uh, and kind of implement those healthy coping mechanisms. If people want to get more information about Badges United, where can they find you? You're online, you got a website, social media and all that? Yes, so if they go to badgesunitedfoundation.org, we're on there. Or if they, uh, we have an open Facebook group, so Badges United Foundation, and we're on Instagram and Twitter. So you are not, you're not therapists in the traditional sense. You don't provide psychiatric care. You're providing information and healthier outlets and hopefully a sense of community. Yes, so I'm a certified life coach. We really work on what's forward for the first responders. We do have a very robust network of inpatient facilities uh, that we partner with. So if they do need that inpatient care, we can help them get there um, if that's what we really need to do. So we're not in place of therapy. However, we do have that connection because we understand as people are opening up and they rely on us for support. We always want to have that just in case scenario. If someone wants to go get that help and finally uh, make that courageous journey, we're going to be there to connect them to those resources, get them inpatient, and we'll be there on the backside to help them with their wellness goals, help them with whatever they need. And it doesn't necessarily need to be inpatient services. It could be uh, outpatient services or just even another peer or just kind of confidential counseling as well. Uh, So just giving them any kind of resource for the uh, actual, you know, licensed uh, therapy. Excellent. We are talking with Kim DeFiori and also Sarah Lazik from Badges United Foundation. You listen to Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement First responders and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists, helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. 
Are you working so hard to make a living you can't take time to make any real money? Is every day the same boring routine going nowhere and the money runs out before the month? My name is Ron Legrand and for over 35 years now I've been helping clients take their life back by buying and selling houses with no money, credit, experience, or license. If you'll call 800-956-0677, 24 hours, and leave a message, I'll send you my new book and CD absolutely free so you can see how. I've bought hundreds of houses and trained thousands to do the same. Call 800 956 0677. Get your free starter kit until 500 are gone. You'll learn how to make a full-time income on a part-time basis without risk, largely tax-free, and get 90% of the work done for you for pennies. That's 800-956-0677. 800-956-0677. Again, 800-956-0677. That's 800-956-0677. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888 888- 991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Left Chest Society t-shirts from honor-line.com. These unique tombstone-themed T-shirts are designed by a career law enforcement officer, art by one of the nation's top artists. Check them out online at honor-line.com. Get one or get all three. Use promo code LET at checkout at honor-line.com and get 10% off. Go to honor-line.com and use promo code LET at checkout to save 10%. That's Left Chest Society t-shirts only at honor-line.com. Use promo code LET to save 10%. Joining us, we have Kim DeFiori and also Sarah Lazik. They are the founders of a group called Badges United Foundation. And, and both of these ladies, both of these sisters, come from a law enforcement background. Uh, we'll start with you, Kim. I, I wanted to let people know your experience. You just didn't wake up one day and say, hey, I want to help cops and firefighters. You've, you've done this job. Yes, absolutely. I was a military police officer in the Army for nine years. I was deployed to Afghanistan. And then I came back, and we would work the road all the way from Germany to Alaska to the D.C. area. So I had uh, quite a bit of law enforcement background. And after being deployed to Afghanistan, I just tried to put it in the back of my mind because I knew I was having some difficulty with PTSD 
from things I had to see and do while I was over there. Um, but sure enough, I went through the struggle and my PTSD depleted my wellness to the point where I was extremely suicidal. And I finally got help through the military. And as I was on the backside of that, really looking at what's next, I always enjoyed helping others and trying to figure out what does that wellness journey look like for people. And as I was doing the market research, I realized there was 30,000 nonprofits for veterans, but there are less than 100 for first responders. And that's we always work very closely with civilian law enforcement as military police officers with their SWAT teams and everything just to make sure they could come on base and have that very smooth transition if we did have a critical incident. So I always felt very connected. And as I was transitioning, I saw the need there because the suicide rate for first responders is more than the line of duty deaths just last year. So. And, it, and it's, it's been a problem for a very, very long time. And one of the things you just said that the Veterans Administration, for all their shortcomings and other failings, they have done such a much better job of recognizing uh, the, the severity, the, the potential damage for PTSD. And we, we could get an argument about being forced to do it. That doesn't really matter. What I'm saying is they are so far more progressive with the treatment of post-traumatic stress with military veterans, combat veterans, than our civilian law enforcement counterparts, which may them seem to actually want to try to sweep it under the rug. Absolutely. So it just, I mean, you have a national health care for veterans, and that's great uh, because I, I can move to any state and they're going to cover my health care benefits. But when it comes to first responders, Say they have some kind of PTSD, they have the fear of being fired, and they also have the fear that if they can't link back to a traumatic event, are they going to get the health care coverage they need? Yeah. So, in some states, it's an extremely some states yeah. they've gotten much better, but there are still some states out there that don't even recognize it as a, a workers' comp claim. Absolutely, and you you have a lot of things being in place right now as far as i know virginia is making some big strides but nationwide absolutely that conversation needs to happen uh we'll be there to help with wellness goals and everything and uh as a nonprofit, we can't really lobby but absolutely that conversation needs to happen nationwide as far as first responders what we're asking of them is a combat scenario and it's nothing short of a battlefield especially with the increase of gun violence it is. and with the suicide rate going up, we have to have that conversation. If you had to speculate as a reason why that there is a difference between the federal government with the veterans administration and their policy towards actively treating PTSD and so many state and local governments not with their first responders, what would that be? If I had to speculate on it, I think we're just realizing the effects that the work stress that first responders has on their mental health. So it's easy to talk about, because we had the Vietnam era really advocating for us with post-traumatic stress, and mm-hmm. I'm forever grateful. Like Every time I made a Vietnam vet, I'm holding back tears because I'm like, y'all did so much for us. And 
I think it's a turn to turn to take our veterans and advocate for our first responders because we realize the sister and brotherhood goes back and forth right there and what we're being what they're being asked uh stateside is the same thing I was being asked on a different scale in Afghanistan but I think just having that advocating Vietnam veterans uh they really advocated for our health care and I don't think anyone's really advocating for first responder health care so it's hard to say uh I think the policy will catch up however it's just going to take quite a bit of time and I think that uh, economics is going to have a, a part to play in this because it, it, it costs so much. So many law enforcement agencies right now have a, a dire shortage of qualified candidates. And to recruit candidates costs a lot of time and a lot of money. To train them costs a lot of time and a lot of money. And then when they have experience on the, the road in their department and become an experienced veteran officer and becomes very, very skillful at what they do, uh, then they run the risk of losing that person due to many different reasons from traumatic stress and critical incidents, and it becomes a cost factor. Not to mention the human factor, but the cost factor alone is going to drive these governments, I think, to, to say, hey, we got to look at this differently. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's where we kind of come in, and we're really looking at how do we get ahead on their wellness. So most people that do join a first responder force they're looking at a career. They're not looking at a five-year job that they want to do. They have that call to service. They have the want to give back to the community and help people. So we really want to interject those wellness goals of if they are sleeping at night, if they find ways to sleep, have those wind-down routines, if they find different ways to exercise within their ability, and they do start eating right, that's going to get them ahead and i've heard from many first responders that the new upcoming generation is more likely to actually reach out and get the help so it's a matter of finding ways to interject the wellness and therapy while they're in the midst of their career so they can make it a lifelong career because we need our community safe we do and and we ask a lot of these brothers and sisters and we demand a lot from them as well uh, they're, they're held to a higher standard, and I believe that's the way it should be. But we also should be willing to uh, help lend a hand, and because it's our communities, our neighborhoods, my family that will pay the price when we don't have effective first responders and law enforcement. Imagine this. For those listening, it's not just police officers and sheriff's deputies. This is firefighters, EMTs, and also dispatchers that are struggling with these issues that they're talking about. Imagine having a life-threatening emergency and having to pick up the phone to dial 911 and having, A, no one there to answer or not enough people to answer, and B, not enough people to dispatch it to get the help you need. That's the situation. That is probably the easiest way for people to say, that's a scenario that's not acceptable for me, that we need to find a way to help. And as simple as sleep, exercise, and proper nutrition sounds, that plays a big role, doesn't it? Absolutely. It really does. And I, it's, it's so funny because I tell people three things I watch out for all the time. My sleep habits, my eating habits, and trying to stay active uh, does world of good for my mental state. We're talking to... Sarah Lasik, she'll be back with us in just a moment. And also Kim DeFiore from Badges United. This is the Law Enforcement Day Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Epidemic. 
America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-663-5107. 800-663-5107. That's 800-663-5107. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. We're expanding. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly, we now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Welcome back to the conversation on the Law Enforcement Today show. We are being joined by Kim DeFiori and also Sarah Lasik from Badges United Foundation. Uh, Sarah is up next. Besides doing what you do now with Badges United, you're also from a law enforcement background. Tell us a little bit about your experience. I am. My love for first responders actually started when I was a child. I grew up with my firefighter, my dad being a firefighter and serving for 30 years, spent most of my time in and around fire departments, which inspired me to actually go and be a first responder myself. And I joined uh, the police department in Florida. And as I was going through the academy, I was learning how to respond to critical instances. And then when I was actually out on the road and responding to these critical incidents, 
I'd realized that the academy and the department didn't really teach me how to deal with these critical incidences emotionally for myself and to ensure that I was maintaining this chronic stress or even sometimes post-traumatic stress, you know, and, and not really having that network. I realized that I started to isolate a lot. I started to um, utilize my, you know, substance abuse quite a bit. And I noticed that my sleep from all of the uh, stress from the critical incidences or just even on a regular shift were starting to take a toll on my physical health, but more importantly, my mental health. And so I really wish that I would have had um, an organization, you know, or a department that really would have been there to take kind of preventative measures um, in, in giving us tips, uh, you know, or a network to get into contact with, even to just talk about critical incidences or um, just, you know, talk to someone else and say, hey, I'm struggling with sleep, uh, you know, because it's very difficult for a first responder to admit that there's something, you know, possibly wrong with them uh, as far as my sleep's not doing great. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really not exercising. And, and I'm eating I garbage. I, I can't eat or absolutely. I get hungry, then I get nauseous. Or I'm, I just, I try to tell people that exactly. the demands of, we change shifts every 28 days. We worked midnight, day work, and 4 to 12. And it literally took a week to get used to the new shift change, especially when you went to midnight. Uh, and then if you worked midnight shifts and you got off at 8 o'clock in the morning, then you had to be in court at 9 and didn't get called until 1 o'clock in the afternoon, didn't get home till 3, then try to find a way to get some sleep so you can get back to work. And what we dealt with that was you, you drank. You, you try to knock yourself out or get a little drowsy. Exactly. And that's what I wound up finding myself as soon as I would get off the shift in the morning. I was unable to wind down in any way. And I had no idea how to deal with the emotional aftermath of just a normal shift of stress, yeah. much less a critical incident, if not multiple critical incidences during a shift. For those who don't and, know, what, what are critical incidents? I know what you're talking about, but a lay person listening may go, what is that? Well, most of the time, uh, I, I think that the public would think that a critical incident could be um, any kind of shooting, um, whether you know the active shooter or um, any kind of uh, violent offender, any kind of incident that someone would not necessarily see on a normal basis. Um, a lot of the child abuse or um, child neglect, and there's a lot of sexual abuse cases. So most of actually what first responders do respond to is just stressful as it is, Um, especially law enforcement, because they are always having to watch not only the public safety, their brothers and sisters safety, but their, their own safety. And that can, that can be a fine line of, going to hypervigilance and and just constantly being stressed. So by implementing those wellness tips that the Badges United really likes to um, implement would be um, something that we're trying to counteract uh, or at least help ease the first responder from turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms um and habits such as you know drinking well that's one of the things Um, they always told us was after a really really bad incident happened at work i i remember one of my last shootings i was involved in 
my major said, hey, he actually kicked in money. He said, here's 20 bucks. Go buy a case of beer and hang on the parking lot and talk to the guys. And that's what we did. That's how we dealt with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, from my experience, I know in talking about it, most of the time, it's not necessarily kind of the, the talking that needs to be done right. either. Uh, it really is kind of covered up with a lot of sarcasm. Yep. Um, and that's, that's okay, because I understand that that's how we need to get through our day. But in the end, it does not really help us. It does not help us process these feelings. So we, we really need to seriously talk about them and how they affect us and not necessarily just roll it off with sarcasm, One of the things which you, I find you, happens a lot. It does. And, and I'm still a very sarcastic person. And I find I gravitate towards sarcastic people. And I appreciate their sense of humor more than, than others. And, and I try not to be sarcastic because it's not, it's not the most admirable trait that I would want to have. One of the things you said earlier that I think is very significant is in the academy, and this is my experience too, even in in-service yearly trainings, you were taught what to do when you had these situations, active shooter, which we didn't use that term back in the day, murder scenes, uh, fires, whatever it might be, you were taught the procedures of what to do. So you, it became ingrained, second nature. You didn't have to think. You, you work, you protect the crime scene. You do what you're supposed to do. But no one ever, ever talked about how, to we, how do we deal with these and put it in a proper place. Absolutely. I would be able to respond as trained pretty much like muscle memory to any of these incidences. And I would come home alone after shift and not know how to deal with all the feelings and my body that was still hyped up on adrenaline reacting to these and not knowing how to come down and not knowing how to process what just went on. And then having to be expected to turn around and do it less than 12 hours later again really, really took a toll on me, especially because I, I was just isolating and, uh, you know, spending most, I, I didn't have any time to, to exercise or, or have any kind of social network when I was using my main coping mechanism as alcohol. Yeah. And that, that is unfortunately a tool that most first responders I know of turn to it's readily available and, it, and they do it because it works and uh, but the problem is it can create a, a monster in and of itself especially for certain people um, that's why it, and I always say this it, if you're a first responder or you're not and if you're one of these people you ever ask yourself this question if you ever ask yourself this question maybe I drink too much the answer is you do because People who don't drink too much never ask themselves that question, ever. Well, I think it's very difficult for the first responder to actually admit that they are having issues with it. And so by having these very candid conversations at our events, just kind of one-on-one, we just kind of see where they're at and, and possibly just see what are their you know, coping mechanisms that they're using right now, which definitely, of course, is a lot of alcohol. It's almost always unhealthy. I'm going to stop you here. We're going to take a short break, and we will be back with a conversation with Kim DeFiori and Sarah Lazik from Badges United. This is a Law Enforcement Today show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the Doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786 800-932-1786 Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Back to our conversation with Kim DeFiori and also Sarah Lazik. Ladies, hopefully I'm not mispronouncing your names. They're from Badges United Foundation. Before I go further, I want to thank both of you for your service. I found that I have been very lacking at thanking other first responders uh, for their service. People who don't work in it, they seem to be much better at doing it than those who have. Uh, so again, thank you very much for your service. It's very much appreciated. Thank you. We appreciate that. And it, uh, coming from someone who's been a first responder, who's been in law enforcement as a military police or civilian police, I think that there is an understanding that other people don't have. So when someone says that to me that's worked in the field, I, I appreciate it more. Thank you. And, and I hope to, to gain at least a little bit of trust in that sense um, from other first responders by being able to talk to them one-on-one or in, in small groups and let them know, hey, I know what it's like to be in your shoes. And it affected me this way. I was able to improve my wellness. And this is where I'm at today. Um, but really having that relatability is, is key in building the trust It is, and trying to break the stigma of accepting any kind of help, even whether it be just, just talking about it. Well, if we have, let's just say, for example, I've read research that says that about 30% of our first responders are walking around with PTSD to some degree or another, and, and there are varying degrees. And I think that number's low. I think the more accurate number is probably 40. And a lot of our first responders, firefighters, EMTs, and uh, especially law enforcement, are military veterans and are combat veterans. And so they've had multiple exposures to unexplainable traumas that you don't talk about. And, it, and I found we don't even want to talk about it amongst ourselves. Absolutely. And that's why I said that the number one thing, if we even do talk about it with each other, is through sarcasm, which is great in the moment, but it does not necessarily get us through the day and and let us absolutely process and kind of acknowledge this is how it made me feel and this is how I'm going to continue to carry it with me. But 
being able to do that with an, another network that knows exactly what you're going through or very similar is really key so that we do not isolate. And we um, tend to judge each other rather harshly. I, I found that, I don't know if it's that way with military. Uh, maybe yeah, absolutely. Can, can, so I think, yeah. I think we, that's we, why we, we have the, the stigma um, in both military and in first responder community. Um, because it's very hard to ask for help when you are the help that normally is responding. Right. We had what we called, uh, a lot of people call gallows humor. Uh, that was an effective tool. We had, of course, alcohol, which was an effective tool. Uh, but it always seemed to end up for many people where what happens is they would go home, they would drink too much until they passed out and fell asleep because there's a way to get to sleep or knock themselves out, and their relationships at home would suffer, their their marriages would suffer, and rightfully so that they would suffer when someone's doing that, and that adds even more stress to the already precarious balancing act that they're trying to fulfill daily. Exactly. Just normal stress with a, a family and bills and a home are already stressful, much less trying to relate to your family after you may have come back from uh, going on a critical incident uh, or even just a stressful shift and not getting that sleep, nutrition, and exercise mixed with your support system and relationships that are suffering can be detrimental to your mental and physical health. And it sounds so ridiculous when people say, you know, you need to eat better, exercise better, and sleep. And it, it's so funny. And it's, I was like, how's that going to help? What will that do to, to change, uh, fix my failing marriage? Uh, which, by the way, came too late. But just this scenario, what's the commercial we see all the time for Snickers? You're not yourself when you're hungry. When I don't eat, my mood changes, and it becomes volatile and uh, very irritable very quickly. Absolutely. I think that that's necessary. We have to make sure that we self-regulate because I know that they say it's pretty cliche, but you can't take care of someone else until you take care of yourself. And I think first responders fall into this trap of, you know, putting everybody else before themselves, which is very noble. However, it, it is detrimental to their overall health. And one day they may pay for it and, and find themselves, you know, in a bad marriage, um, isolated, using substance abuse or developing, you know, PTSD and not being able to function. Right. Or getting in trouble at work. Uh, mouthing off all all the things that, that come with the territory of that so one of the things that i have noticed in my many interviews on law enforcement show is that there is a reluctance among many police administrators city hall you name it where they don't want to actively get involved and uh, what i've been saying is i think that we need to as a whole get better at talking to each other one of the things that i take from our combat veterans are the, the vietnam veterans you talked about earlier is they took the lead in talking to each other they they pushed to make things happen and that's something that maybe we all should be doing we should be having that conversation when someone calls in baltimore as a signal 13 when it also needs assistance we would go through whatever we needed to go through to get there to help them and yet when an officer is struggling with drinking too much or other issues post-traumatic stress issues we become very very quiet and i think we need to change that absolutely i think supporting each other is the best thing we can do because 
again, if shots are fired, everybody's hauling, hauling butt to get there. But when we come to just a mental health or something we can't see, it seems to be like we almost take that second. We just take an extra second. And I learned in the veteran space, especially to always say something when I, when I did notice anything because I did lose someone and it forever changed me. And I'm grateful for that, but I'm also extremely sad because I did lose someone, but if it's saving someone's life uh, or saving a marriage or saving that father or mother from being a better mother or father to their kids, it's worth it because something as simple as like, Hey, let's talk seriously for a minute. If, if you're changing that person's life, it's life. It's, incredibly rewarding and uh if we think about the people that we're affecting if that person's not there tomorrow it changes an entire it changes the entire world we live in it so yeah and, and it affects a lot of people not just not just the immediate family it affects so many friends so many co-workers that are forever scarred because of that uh so hopefully through your organization badges united foundation uh, you and us and I, Law Enforcement A Show, can tell each other that we need to get better at talking with each other and not waiting for our police administrators and, and fire chiefs and everybody else to say, we're going to take the charge. I think the ground level, the, the, the rank and file needs to take charge and make things happen. Absolutely. And we had a chance to sit on a panel and discuss some pretty hard things out of Saving Our Own Summit in Virginia and even after that, people came up and they say, thank you for sharing your story. But the ones that are struggling, they do come up and they say, hey, I need to get some help. Or they actually do reach out. So it really doesn't take that much. And uh, Virginia is doing a phenomenal job as far as, hey, we don't ever want anyone to feel suicidal again. And if they are, we want to be the support and I'm, we're extremely grateful for Virginia because they've really jumped on board with our organization so we can get the help and resources out there. As we close out, tell people how they get more information about your organization and maybe they can uh, donate. Absolutely. If you go on our website, we accept donations through there. It's badgesunitedfoundation.org. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and feel free to reach out if you have any suggestions or anything else and we also invite spouses to come to our events because if it starts at home people are more likely to get well ladies thanks so very much for your time and for being guests on the show it's very much appreciated thank you and we know that you're a first responder too so we'd like to say thank you for your service thank you very much in every community across the united states we have law enforcement officers we have first responders we have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders in addition to that we have heroic crime victim survivors if you want to tell your story feel free to contact us we'd love to have you as a guest on the law enforcement today show we made it so easy to get a hold of us too there's many different ways go to our website lawenforcementtoday.com twitter instagram Heck, send me an email. My email address is J, that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. You see, we'd love to hear your story. And we know, we hear so often, I have a story to tell, but no one will give me a platform. Law Enforcement Today is your platform. 
Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya. Yeah.